Alcoholics. Welcome to the Rochester Groovecast Podcast. Birthed by a love of music, we're all about culture. Don't forget to subscribe and remember the fee. If you gain value from this podcast, personally share it with a friend and explain your favorite part. Let's get groovy. Groovy. What's going on, Groovaholics? You just heard Robots by the Black and Blues. I've got the DJ turntable extraordinaire, uh, multi-talented rock star Sean Cimento on the show today. He was in the Black and Blues. He was in so many other projects in the Rochester area, Haywa. Roots Glider, currently the vocalist for Fistful of Rage. And in this episode, a lot of people already know, the insiders might have known, but in this episode live on the Facebook stream, Sean ultimately, dude, we were so lucky. We were so lucky. Sean, he uh, ultimately announced the new project that he is fronting these days. You might know them, you might love them. Now Sean Cimento is the lead vocalist, a singer-songwriter, rapper in the group. A lot to hear here, one of the longest episodes, maybe the longest episode of all time. But so many great stories, so much gold in this episode, and you're going to love it. So let us listen to me and Sean. Welcome, everybody, to the Rochester Groovecast podcast, your top source for live, local, regional music interviews and events from Rochester, New York, and the surrounding area. I am your host, Ben Albert, and I'm super excited today. I am live with Sean DJ Sigma Cimento. What's going on, brother? I'm happy to have you this evening. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Just, uh, you know, excited to get on the show, share some stories and, uh, you know, let you guys know about some new stuff that's coming up. Absolutely, brother. This is it's always the best part of my evening. We were joking about it a second ago. Like my eyes are tired, too much computer time. It's all worthwhile, you know, at evenings when I get to have these conversations. So I'm excited about it. Uh, well. Yeah. What was that track, brother, uh, the the Robots track that we listened to in the intro here? Well, so it was uh, a band that I used to be in, the Black and Blues. Um, and, I mean, if you want me to start from the beginning, you know, I could, you know, rewind it all the way back uh, and, you know, just tell you how we came to be and whatnot. Yeah, let's talk about Black and Blues. We've got a few Black and Blues tunes we're going to play this evening so talk a little bit about the beginning and um the songs we're listening to today so the band was originally formed um back when so dexter reddick who um was the bass player um i was also in roots collider with him he and his brother used to talk over the phone because they lived in different states and just sharing music ideas and so they kind of started the project that way and uh later on uh guys meeting up at mcc back when uh we were in our college days um dexter meets jimmy 
they were friends with uh, Jimmy Grillo. Uh, they were friends with uh, Bradley Sheffield, guitar player. And uh, another cat, Robbie Go, is in the band, a piano player. So these guys um, playing for a little while. And uh, me and Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Grillo, were lifelong best friends. I've known Jimmy since the day he was born. Um, I always kid with him about that too. He hates it when I say that, but I've known him since his day one. Um, but, uh, so Jimmy, one day he comes to my house, picks me up and he's just like, I want to show you something. So he takes me downtown. Uh, we pull up to this, you know, it's called how and Bassett, uh, plumbers business over on, uh, uh, Clinton. And we pull up in there and I'm like, what is this? And he said, I got a new music studio. So we go up there, really cool spot. And uh, needless to say, like, I'm still up there to this day, still got it. Um, But we go up there, check it out. And I just thought it was the coolest thing because me, I was just starting to get into music. Like I originally bought a pair of turntables one day and I mean, my whole life, I thought I was going to be a professional athlete, you know, because I love sports so much. And that was the goal, like whether it was football, baseball, basketball, that was kind of like I'd always tell my mom. I was just like when I was a little kid, I just be like I'm going to be a, a rich professional athlete. And when I do, I'm going to buy you a house. So, you know, that is a very it's almost like the lottery in order to uh, make it professionally with sports. So. It was back in 2008, and I had tried out for the MCC uh, baseball team, and I had a hell of a tryout, but I didn't end up making the team. So I, I sat there, and I was just like, well, all right, that dream's kind of fizzling, so what do I want to do with myself now? And uh, so I'm sitting here. I'm like, you know, I believed in myself. I knew I had some skills, and I was uh, around a lot of guys like Jimmy that were musicians. So I was just like, you know what? I love music. I'm really passionate about it. Let me, uh, you know, try that. And my brother, um, he was, he started off playing piano when he was young and then he actually became a DJ. And, uh, I'd spend some time with, you know, him while he was working on music and stuff like that. Little younger brother annoying him. Um, but, you know, I tried to pick up on it, but I didn't initially like have that natural music bone. But so, you know, fast forward to now, I'm 23 at this point. And so I just pretty much said, try it, give it your all, see if you can make something of it. And, you know, if you don't, you can say, hey, I tried, but you don't want to look 10 years down the road and always wonder what it. So I sat there and I was just like, well, what do I want to play? And, uh, you know, always like guitar drums is fun. Um, you know, I love funk music. So which the bass, you know, is behind, but I don't know. I just felt like I was already behind the eight ball. So for me, I was just like, what's something a little bit more unique that I can play to where if I get good at it, I could kind of like jump in the scene and, you know, hope somebody's just like, yeah, that's cool. We don't have a lot of people doing that. So 
you know, let's get Sean to do it. And I was a big fan of Incubus and uh, they were very influential early Incubus too. Like if you don't know early Incubus, like fungus among us, uh, mm-hmm. enjoy Incubus science. Science is one of my top 10 favorite albums of all time. If you've never listened to Incubus science, do yourself a favor, go do it. But uh, they integrated um, a turntablist DJ in their music, which I thought it was awesome. Absolutely loved it. So, um, you know, and when I was a little kid and I'd hear scratching on the radio, I'd always think that was the the coolest thing, like stuttering sentences and samples. So, um, so that's, I was just like, you know what, like, I'm going to go buy me some turntables. So I made the decision, talked to some friends and they were like, I think you should do it. So I drove my way over to SoundSource. Great local company, by the way. SoundSource, awesome. Shout out to SoundSource. Yep, yep. And uh, <clears throat> so I went in there. They kind of you know, told me a little bit about what I needed to know. And I was just like, all right, I'm buying me some turntables. Put them in the spare bedroom, DJed for just kind of to myself. I didn't really... I didn't really stick to um, or go after a lot of like YouTube videos, like how to's and whatnot, because ideally in my head, I thought like, I want to create my own style. And that was important to me because if I was not that, like you shouldn't learn basics from anybody, like being taught is a very great thing. Like, um, you know, one of the things that I've heard along the way is you should take, if you're a musician, take a lesson from anybody, whether they're better than you, whether they're not as good, just take a lesson because one of the biggest things that is true in life is that everybody, everybody always knows at least something that you don't know, you know, just across. It doesn't music, doesn't matter what it is. That'll always hold true. So you can always learn something from somebody. So take a, take a lesson from anybody, but starting out i just wanted to attack the instrument my way and see what would come of it and hopefully that would develop my style and then i could start watching some videos and just really excel after that so uh so at that point i started playing turntables and eventually i joined um with a couple of brothers. I started out as the drummer for this. I used to be in their garage all the time and uh, we'd just be jamming together. It's the Kaplan brothers, Jay and Joe. Um, and we ended up being called uh, Fever, which they ended up turning into Personal Blend. So another shout out to Personal Blend. Great reggae music. Um, so I'm playing with those guys. Jimmy knows that I'm playing with those guys. And so going back to the whole space, uh, the music studio, it's, he took me up there and then a handful of months passed by two, three, four. And they ended up having an opening cause it was a shared music space. So they were like, Hey, do you guys want to get in on this? And, uh, we were like, hell yeah. So, you know, great spot. So we end up moving up there. And we're playing there for a handful of months. And the days that we practiced was also the days that the black and blues used to practice. So we worked, excuse me, 
So we worked out the schedule to where our practice was two hours before the black and blues. So as we're typically finishing our practices, the black and blues would walk up, you know, get ready, set up for theirs. And they would kind of sit in because we'd usually end practice with a jam or something. So they'd hop on their instruments and both bands would be playing at once. And so we'd have one big jam and, and conveniently like our band would then, you know, kind of fade away from the jam while they kept going. Cause we knew they had to get to work. And we did that a number of times to where uh, some cool stuff happened and the guys in the black and blues took notice. So they basically, um, they, were, they asked me to stay one practice and they were like, Hey, we had this idea. Um, uh, we had a song called, or they at this time had a song called who shot you, which is an ode to, um, the notorious B I G. Oh yeah. And, uh, so they're like, Hey, can you get this like acapella sample from who shot you? And literally, you know, who shot you? And I was like, yeah. So I, I got I got that and we started messing around with it. Um, and they all thought, okay, we're kind of onto something. So they ended up saying like, dude, do you want to join the band? And of course me, like they were, you know, all pros to me. So I was just like, absolutely. Like it's a complete honor. Like, you know, I felt, I, I still felt pretty green at the time. Um, but I wasn't, you know, I wasn't going to turn down that opportunity, like no way, no how. So, um, yeah, I joined the black and blues and that was back in late 2011. Um, we ended up, uh, maybe even summer 2011, but we played some shows. We were developing more songs. I was getting more integrated with the band. Um, and, you know, becoming a part of all the songs that they had and writing new ones. And uh, we basically had this like six month period where at, you know, fall time, about this time of uh, 2012, we just went on this six month tear where it felt like everything we were writing, everything we were doing, it just, you know, was catching fire. So we had built up enough money uh, from gigs we were playing around town. Uh, we were doing, it was, uh, started this like every Wednesday jam at temple. That's where we got, uh, money for, you know, built up most of our money plus a couple other gigs. And, uh, we ended up deciding like, okay, let's record an album. So, uh, Jimmy with some connections through, uh, Jimmy was the drummer for Roots Collider. If anybody doesn't know, I'm sure everybody already knows at this point, but for anybody listening. And so he had some connections at Bunker Studio in uh, New York City in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. And uh, so in April 2013, that's when we decide we hit New York City. We're going to go record an album. And we go there. John Davis, producer, amazing like flat out anything you wanted to, you had in your brain. He was just a master at, he'd be like, what do you, what do you want for this part? What kind of sound are you going for? And, you know, we'd try to eloquate it as best as we could. And he'd, you know, just kind of like nod, turn to his gear and then do a couple things and turn back, play it. 
and he'd be like like this and almost every time it was just like dude <laughs> like you got it you got it and uh so uh that's um robots being one of the four tracks that we had on that uh on that album and it you know went amazing we all had a great time we all thought we recorded the way we wanted to everything came out fantastic so um we end up coming back to rochester and we you know there's no better way to explain it than just saying life started happening we started hitting like just some bumps in the road that basically kind of threw everything off you know mm. uh and one of the biggest things about bands is not only do you got to play dope music but you have to get along you got to be cool with everybody because it, it truly is like a relationship if there's plenty of amazing bands i mean you know the beatles being one of the, the biggest ones you could think of where their music is so impactful and huge and and yet interpersonal problems within the band could still break something as great as that up. So, um, but with us, it wasn't necessarily interpersonal problems. That was, that was the great thing. We had good chemistry. Like everybody in the band got along. We were all boys, uh, had a good time. So, um, but you know, life happened. And so we were broken up, I think maybe, five six months um after we went and recorded the album and because john davis was spending time like uh mixing and mastering it we didn't get the album until i think late summer and we were going to do it right like we were going to get you know cds and <laughs> it's so funny to think like back then even this was 2013 and like cds were still relevant not so much these days but um uh, we planned on getting those made and subsequently we never did. And I don't know if it was like, you know, just a, a hard thing for us to all deal with that we, cause new songs that we were working on, like I said, everything just felt like it was on fire and we were loving it, having a great time. And um, so we were excited for the future. And I don't know if it was just like hard for everybody, but, we always said we were going to release the album no matter what. And frankly, we never did. And um, honestly, not up until like a month ago when I put it on Facebook, because I was just like, you know what? It, enough time has gone on. We put too much work, too much love, too much sweat into this album. People got to hear it. So um, I wish more people were able to kind of get their ears on it. But sometimes it's a little hard with the algorithms on Facebook to where not everybody sees your post. So that makes this a great opportunity. The fact that like, you know, you can play these tunes, let some different viewers hear it and uh, just, you know, get it into the minds of listeners. But that's kind of the, you know, rise and fall of the black and blues. And uh, the four songs, like still to this day, every time I put them on and listen to them, you know, really proud. And I just, I, I love the music so much, but you know, gotta, gotta push forward and, uh, work on, you know, new things for the future. Absolutely. And we're, we're happy to have this album here and available for listeners. 
I'm going to pop on another song from it in a second, but how do people listen to the album? Is it on Spotify, Bandcamp, anything like that? It's it's not too late to get it because it's pretty darn good. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can actually find it on my uh, DJ Sigma SoundCloud. Um, so just look me up. You could even type in uh, The Black and Blues. Um, and The Black and Blues is B-L-A-C-K-E-N-E-D. So it's the blackened blues, but um, yeah, uh, please look up our music. Give us a, you know, give us a shout if you end up listening to it, liking it, and uh, let us know what you think of it. I love it, and and listen, everybody, you really should go check it out. You're gonna hear some tracks right now, but own the album, stream it. Ultimately, we've got a lot to talk about in a moment here. You know, Sean. Being DJ Sigma and the, the the DJ name, he's played with a lot of bands, you know, Haywa, Fronting, Fistful of Rage. We'll talk a little bit about that. And at the end of the day, I mean, we've got an, an, an important, exciting announcement today that honestly, I'm, I'm like peeing my pants with excitement. I want to get to that. So let's listen to Hurricane by the Black and Blues. Go hey, on. And, and real quick, uh, I didn't say his name yet, but most importantly, uh, I want to shout out to Daniel Reddick, Dexter's brother. Mm. Um, Daniel is um, Danny. I don't know why I call him Daniel. <laughs> <But> <laughs> getting all official with it. Um, but he's the lyricist for the Black and Blues. And um, dude honestly has it. Like when I say it, uh, I'll go out and I'll honestly say this. I'll put this on record. Like Danny is my favorite lyricist MC of all time. So for anybody that's going to listen to the music, you know, replay any of the tunes and dive into his lyrics because the stories that he tells, the way he flows, just his rhyme scheme, everything, it to, to me, it's my absolute favorite. And, you know, I love Biggie. I love Pac. I love all the greats. But Danny is just, he had it. And I wish the world would know his lyrical genius. So. That's amazing, dude. Shout, shout out to Danny. We're going to listen to Hurricane by the Black and Blues. And then I'm excited to hear what you have to say with this new, new announcement that, honestly, I guess it's happening on the show. So we'll get right to that. All right. All right.
Never thought she'd call for the ease up Cause every time I call for the re-up She was there with the fix that I needed Wash away the past, take a rinse and repeat it See one, we come with a simple introduction Every can I know your first name Every can we be like best friends Every can we shut out the lights and move to the next phase In that best space, come on baby, chill Storm, I know I'm a beast but I ain't your X-Men Next thing, he know, he flow, she gone They chillin' in the aftermath of the destructive path Heartbreak on rebound, but it ain't always like that when I say that we find love and I'm most unlikely play Said, parametric pressure changes the problems that we face Said, and it's hard to think straight when your heart is always breaking yeah. But we ain't gotta wait, wait For the sun to subside We can go outside and sunshine Realize the clouds in the sky I Walk outside, get out of the rain that storm in your heart was blown in That's some that's some wild fusion hip hop right there, man. That was great. Thank you, dude. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, like I said, it's a a great mixture of kind of so many different feels of you know music and the way the way the all the angles that we came together as a group. Um, 
you know, it's, uh, it's something that I'm a very big critic of myself. So, you know, uh, a lot of the things that I've done, you know, just with anything in music, I'm a lot of people, they're like, dude, it's, it's honestly like really good. And me, I just have a hard time, like, you know, just being like, like, yes, you know, about the stuff that I'm doing, but this is one of the few things where, you know, when I listen to it and, uh, you know, know what we did to it, like, I feel great about it. So, um, yeah, thank you. Yeah, dude, dude, I'm happy. I feel blessed that this has been released to the world. It's been in hiding for so long (laughs) and only, only good things to come from you, brother. I want to talk a little bit about some things from the past and, you know, learn about what inspires you musically, but, I don't want to keep people waiting. What what are we talking about with this new announcement you got going on here? Well, um, so one of the things that I did after uh, the Black and Blues disbanded was I joined Roots Collider as a DJ. And uh, I toured around with uh, Roots Collider for about a year before, um, you know, that ended up disbanding. And uh, then I... I did some other stuff. And then one of the other things that uh, I've been doing over the past couple of years is um, a rage against the machine uh, tribute band called fistful of rage. Um, was that, was that your first, you know, uh, band that you were ultimately the vocalist rapper in singer rapper? Yeah. I mean, it's uh, back when I, I first started playing with people um, on the turntables, you know, there was a little side of me that wanted to, um, you know, be on the mic. Cause I've always liked being in the cypher and freestyling with friends, you know, just at parties or whatever, things like that. I've really, yeah, um, I have fun creating, um, you know, rhymes and just cool stuff to say. And, uh, but that never really came to fruition. I, I mainly was doing my DJ thing. There was a, a brief stint where, um, like, like I said, with fever, um, I started out as the drummer, but you know, I definitely wasn't good enough as a drummer and I played a little bass. Um, <laughs> the guys from roots collider, we had gone to, um, the firehouse for Amanda Ashley's jams on Thursday night. And, uh, me and Dexter had started this, um, thing between us two where, and I can get into more detail about this story cause, um, you know, uh, for the announcement's sake, but, um, I, I like the cliffhangers though. <laughs> and, and, and shout out to Amanda Ashley. She's been on the show. She's amazing. And I was just on her show afternoon cocktail last oh, week. Cool. So she's, she's rocking and rolling with that. So everybody check out Amanda, but, but go on brother. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, I was just going to say where I had, we, me and Dexter started this thing because Amanda had asked us to come back. And like I said, I'll get into more detail about it later, but, uh, I played bass for what we donned as the foot clan, um, every Thursday. But, uh, so other than that, I was not, always, not, tr- not to interrupt it. Where, where are all these instruments coming from? So you're a turntablist, but then you're a drummer, but then you're playing bass. So, so you were you were dabbling with a little bit of everything back then, and still are, I imagine. Yeah, it um, the probably the greatest um, gift that I was given for somebody that's entering the music scene is one being surrounded by 
amazing musicians. Like I was able to pick their brain about whatever. And then two, what I would assume can be difficult sometimes for musicians who are nasty, trying to play with somebody who's brand new. And, uh, and so, uh, some of the people I was around, they would, they would pretty much, and, um, Luke Luft being one of those people who's the guitar player in Fistful of Rage, he's, he's pretty much one of like the first person that brought me into like a music circle. So Luke Luft, we'll, you know, we'll talk about him a little bit more later, filthy guitar player, but, um, him and other guys that being up at the space that I was talking about uh, earlier in the segment, there were several bands up there to where there was always one, two, three guys up there. And I would try to go up there as much as I could. So it made a lot of time to have some fun and try different things. And it allowed me to hop on a multitude of instruments. And of course, like I was awful, like, <laughs> you know, just starting out. but that was the great thing about these guys is that they allowed me to just experiment on these instruments. And even though it sounded really bad at first, they, you know, <laughs> they plugged through with me and eventually I was able to be functional on these instruments. Like I got, you know, pretty decent at uh, drums and bass, like was another thing that I picked up. Like I loved funk lines, um, you know, or, or just funk in general and the bass really kicks um kicks the the lines like whenever um you know for a lot of funk tunes like you know element but so i got i got used to being on those instruments and it made it um it allowed me the opportunity to explore a lot of different things uh widen my musical palette understand like the job of the bass player the drummer um you know a little bit better and uh, so, yeah, I got to I got to really say thank you to the guys that uh, continued to play with me, even though I sucked really bad and struggled and was learning, you know, my minor pentatonic and <laughs> and uh, gave me that chance. So, yeah, that's that's kind of how I got to pick up. I love it. So, so you're you're in Fistful of Rage. You guys are tributing Rage Against the Machine. You're behind the mic. It feels good. It's something that you've wanted to do forever. Well, what are you up to now? Well, by doing that, um, you know, I stayed in contact with uh, Will McKenna, you know, uh, lead guitar player to Roots Collider, as many of you know. And um, so we've always stayed in contact. And apparently he got to checking out Fistful of Rage, saw what I was doing on stage. And you know, he just really liked my stage presence and, and how I just handled the mic. So, uh, hits me up one day and he's just like, what do you think about becoming the front man for Roots Collider? And like, as we've been talking about, it's something like low key in the back of my mind, I always wanted to do. So I was just like, absolutely. Because this music, it's got, it's got that grit, like Rage's music does. And I'm I'm like the type of guy where I don't think that you know anger is a bad or negative emotion. Like I think one thing in life, one thing in life is a lot of people um, try to tell you to downplay anger, don't ever use anger. But really, what that does, it stunts you uh, for your development. You need to be able to um, 
experience anger and use it constructively because it could be a great teacher. It could be a great tool. So, um, you know, with rage music and a lot of other music, music in general can be a great outlet for, you know, any kind of angst that you have in life or just anything in that realm. And, you know, there's that like angsty, like, like male aggressive warrior inside of me that just wants to kind of come out and in the right manner and being able to do that musically where you can just, you know, grip down, you know, jump in a mosh pit, anything like that. Um, and so Roots Collider has that type of element to the music and it also has a hip hop feel, which is obviously super important for what we're doing. So Will saw me doing that, asked me to join the band. I said, absolutely. Let's, you know, let's get in the band room and, and see what we come up with. And so that pretty much like that's the news. We're going to be uh, releasing it on our uh, page on Facebook, Roots Collider. If you don't already like us, go check us out. Um, and, uh, you know, we were excited to release this news and let people know that, you know, once we start playing shows and the COVID thing dies down, um, you know, we gotta, you know, we're, we're ready to hit the scene hard. We're slow burning some tunes, working on them, um, putting, digging into the fine detail. And, uh, you know, pretty soon we're going to have a small collection of, uh, new tunes that you never heard before. That's amazing. That's in Roots Collider. They go way back. I, I remember back in the day, Dublin Underground days, where it was a sold-out show every single time. So that that's a piece of Rochester history, and it sounds like you guys are redefining it and changing it a little bit. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, um, Will and uh, – excuse me. Oh, I had to work that one out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, so Will and Jimmy uh, had met at a jam i think will was living in the ithaca area at the time and like you know came up here for a jam and so they hit it off they started working together got and this was in 2007 if i didn't say that and then um started adding a couple more members to the band uh bill smith ended up joining as um keys and sax in 2008 and then like as a trio they hit the scene hard they were playing you know clubs like water street and just as you mentioned most notably dublin to where you know sold out shows just you know just crushing the scene and um and they kept that momentum going uh there was uh the rip rock nights on thursday to where it just went perfectly the type of band that they were just fit right in analog electronic band um dubstep was just on the up and up um <laughs> seems just like yesterday so everybody um, lost a few brain cells back then i still <laughs> yes. like the music to be honest with you right right yeah me too well i i love, I love to what it. it's yeah i'd love to what it's grown to like um uh ghetto funk and um uh, glitch funk those are like two of my favorite sub genres of you know w- what came from dubstep so um, if you haven't heard of uh, glitch funk or ghetto funk uh, style music, um, hit YouTube. You'll find a, a lot of dope stuff out there. Um, but yeah, hit hitting Dubland and and a lot of a lot of great nights. And in 2010, while they kept the momentum going, uh, they added Dexter Reddick. And uh, so uh, that 
from the black and blues. It's all it's all coming full circle, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, now you got you know two black and blues members and two black and that are two members in Roots Collider. So it's just like you like you just said, you can kind of see where like everybody has their own artist being able to the bands are a little bit similar like in their vibes but they're also not so you it's like split personalities coming from the musicians you get to see like this one side of them and then the other side and and both you know amazing so um yeah they added dexter and kept that lineup for um you know the next couple years and then um in 2014 with a slightly different lineup, I ended up joining as the DJ and, uh, that, that was a lot of fun. It was again, just like vocally, it had the space to have DJ samples involved with it. So my job was pretty easy. Um, my biggest concern going into, um, Roots Colliders that they always had, or they already had, you know, an established pretty big fan base. And, so my goal was I want to be able to make the music. I want to add to the music, make it where the, the old school hardcore fans like it even better now because of what I'm bringing to the table. And um, so, you know, that, that is what was inside my mind as a goal. And fortunately enough, like I had people that, you know, really loved the band before I joined and, them coming up to me and be like dude i love what you add like uh, i think it it brings an element that makes it you know you know all better so the music already crushed before and that so that's just a real huge compliment to me that that's huge that's huge um i i know you guys showed me a teaser the number one reason i didn't play it is because zoom seems to lag on the video and i wanted to direct people and ultimately encourage them to go follow Roots Collider, to listen to the old library, and to stay tuned for the new stuff. Is that teaser live yet, or are you guys releasing it soon? Well, you can if you if you want to attack it. I'll give everybody the chance to like attack it right now. If you're watching us, uh, go to rootscollider.com, and then under the music section, you can check out the teaser. So please. You know, it would be great to see people like, you know, <laughs> promoting it before we get to release it tomorrow, like officially to our fan base um, on social media. So um, if you beat us to it, that would be awesome. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. Um, shout out to that. Shout out to the fan that already saw it there. They, they were just on the page listening to your music and we're like, <laughs> where'd this come from? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, that was um <laughs> kind of like how uh, you did where you left, you know, the display name with Roots Collider at the bottom and kind of like that teaser. If you put two and two together, you'd be like, hmm, there's something behind that. So, um, but yeah for, yeah. for anybody who doesn't know what he's talking about on the Rochester Groovecast page, um, I tagged Roots Collider on this live, but I did it way at the bottom of the page. <laughs> I don't even know if it was clever and I don't know what it looks like, but for anybody who's listening to the podcast, so Sean and I are recording this live on zoom on Facebook. I encourage everybody to come to these lives because if you're listening to the podcast, I'm probably with you. Cause I listen when I'm like doing work or chores or like 
dishes or in the car. But I do encourage you to come see these lives. You get to hear this. This is going to come out in a few days, Sean. So anybody who's here on the live got to hear about this before anyone else. So I just want to shout that out and encourage people to come to the Facebook lives. And um, where the heck were we? I don't even remember what I jumped in on. Oh, yeah. And by the way, like the the move, you get my stamp of approval. So, uh, you know, I like the move. But um <laughs> We, uh, we were basically just, uh, I was talking about how joined in roots, uh, joined roots collider as a, a DJ. And then, um, uh, later on, you know, we ended up taking, you know, a break from it all and just kind of leaving it what it was. Um, and by the way, I joined in 2013 and then we ended up taking the break in 2014. So, um, and then later on down the road, which was earlier this year, which is when Will had reached out and uh, got a hold of me. So it's funny to uh, be back in a, the same situation, but doing something different. And, you know, who knows? Maybe I'll bring the turntables into it. Um, I don't see why not. But right now we're, we're kind of developing and harnessing the, the vocal aspect of it and uh and so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for what it brings because it, uh, it's put me in the position to write lyrics and, um, I'm having a lot of fun with it. Uh, I've got some topics of conversation that are kind of important, meaningful, um, you know, and certainly as an ode to, uh, Rage Against the Machine, there's, you can dig out a lot of like, uh, it's politically driven. So um, the goal, the goal with uh, becoming a front man is you got a mic in your hand and being able to uh, push across a message and, um, you know, having that voice for me, I like, yes, very much inspired from what rage was doing and kind of wanting to, use them for a lot of inspiration and a lot of the other bands that have, you know, that I've followed throughout the years and, and kind of mold me as the musician that I am. Cause, uh, Incubus's drummer, Jose, in an interview I was watching of him, he, they, they asked him like, where do you get your music inspiration from? Um, and as he started talking about it, he's just like, well, to me, you know, I I come from all these different places, all these different artists, but he's just like, who am I kidding? I just pretty much bite everything I like. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of musicians, I'm sure you can kind of like laugh at that tongue in cheek because, yeah. you know, a hundred percent, like you hear something you like, you want to emulate it. And I think that's what, you know, builds our character and styles as musicians is we take all the things that we like and, you know, pretty much like bite it and if you're aiming to be original enough you're going to be able to um blend those together and, and become your own sound so um but yeah with the message and being on the mic i want people to you know be conscious of what's happening what's going on it's a little bit easy to kind of see the world as being chaotic and there's a lot of negativity flying around and and saying to yourself like okay you know what like i don't need to be involved in all this negativity so let me 
tune out by, you know, tuning into my phone, but just in avenues that don't involve what's actually happening. And um, there's a lot going on right now that needs attention, needs people to apply focus. Um, and, And hopefully by doing that, we can work and build towards a better world, a better society, you know, just better better health mentally, physically, uh, pretty much all those things across the board. And I mean, it starts with a lot of things that are happening now, like the Black Lives Matter movement is, is very important for the fact that we need to get out of some archaic mindset of thinking that all people aren't equal. Like it, we all have the same structure, and we basically come from the same thing. So there literally is no difference. And the people that continue to um, see the separation, they, they need to be, you know, shown the light, understand why those, why those mindsets don't create for a more sustainable, better future where we're not struggling, we're all getting by um, on a higher level. It's powerful. It's powerful. There, there's a lot you said there that I loved, and I, I want to take it back a little bit. You know, the first connection I made was, you know, taking a bite out of whatever you like. And what was it always been? It's been sparking a lot lately in my head. And Kobe Bryant said it in the documentary, The Last Dance, about Michael Jordan. I've heard him say it on podcasts. And you know, people ask him, who's the, who's the goat? Who's the greatest of all time? And that question makes him cringe. He'll walk out on in, uh, interviews. He thinks it's immature. And his, own real, his only real answer for it is, listen, you know, who cares who the greatest of all time is? I wouldn't be who I was if it wasn't for Michael Jordan. He wouldn't be who he was if it wasn't for Michael Jackson. And, you know, LeBron James... He wouldn't be who he was if it wasn't for Michael Jackson, me, Michael Jordan, LeBron James. I mean, who's the greatest? All You're taking bites of things that you learn. It's a sports analogy, but any good musician takes a bite out of all these things that influence them and they grow and they ultimately take those elements to get better and better. And, you know, connecting it to ultimately a serious social justice issue we've got going on um, with Black Lives Matter. And just honestly, I see inequalities across the board from the rich to the poor, the black to the white, males to females, even, you know, someone who's tall, dark and handsome versus someone who's short and and maybe has a, a disorder, who knows what. There's inequalities of opportunities. And the way I connect those two, as you were talking there, is aren't we supposed to continue to level up? We need to be taking bites from the past, but we got to take those good things and continue to grow. Because I'm sure you'd agree, we're not going to solve anything overnight. But if we keep leveling up, dude, the music, the sports, anything, you know, anything that MLK taught us anything that Malcolm X taught us, anything that we learn from having a black president, isn't it true that just in this world, we got to continue to move on that upward scale? 
we can't digress. And I'm not even saying that in a political, believe anything, believe, vote for whoever you want. But I think it's really important that we have that lens that we're taking a step up. So that's a lot there. I'm curious with Rage and your songwriting and all that, is there a enjoyment in just the fuck the power, screw this? You know, <laughs> stick the man mentality as well. Like sometimes you just kind of want to throw it away and move on and and have some fun. You know that that's an option too when you're stressed. Yeah, and uh, I mean, with that question, I love that question, and <laughs> the answer is a hundred percent yes. Like I can't even lie, because um, obviously I want to have a wide palette of the things that I'm speaking on. Um, but with a lot of what's currently going on, it it's shining a light on a bunch of things that, you know, my mind wants to attack. And in terms of the inequalities between, or for race, for wealth, uh, for for a lot of those things across the board, it's, very obvious, like to the point where we just casually joke as people about some of the well-known atrocities that, you know, the government or corporations are doing and continue to do. And even though we know about these things and knowing about them kind of seems like on a moral level, it's just like uh, something should have already been like the moment this was found out something should have automatically been done. It was taken care of, but now we're entering, you know, a new decade. And a lot of the things that we noticed, I mean, come on, let's face it. Like not to say that it started in the nineties, but we, as a people um, just being connected with information and as technology was growing, got to be privy to, uh, you know, more access of information. And by doing so, we got to find out about a lot of these things and uh, the really working up in the nineties and then the two thousands and 2010. So like we're starting a fourth decade and a lot of the things that we found out in about in the nineties are still going on today. And that's a real problem because a lot of these things should have been automatically shut down. Like no ifs, ands or buts is black and white. I think we can all agree, you know, but uh, there's, little green things that we stuff in our pockets every day that have more say uh, than our morals, our ethics. And you can't, um, it's, well, you can, and we should uh, fight that uphill battle with the, uh, the evil of the almighty dollar, like uh, plain and simple. But um, yeah, it makes it real easy. And as I put the pen to the, uh, the pad, um, all the ink that I want to spill right now is about the injustices, the system, corporations. Uh, and part of me, like I said, uh, I'll get to other things. But uh, one of my mentalities when it comes to writing is, and anybody should use this in my opinion, it really does help. Just let the ink hit the paper. Don't don't decide whether you like it or not. Just let your brain freely flow and be okay with the idea that maybe 80% of it is going to be mediocre. It's, you know, 
and 20% of it might be gold. So just write, 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 let it all flow out, come back to it later, pick out your 20% gold, and then you do enough writing and eventually you'll still have 20% gold, but that stack's going to be you know, that much bigger to where you can start making songs out of it. You can, you know, you'll have an album's worth of material. So, um, yeah, I'm, ex- I'm excited to kind of like see, you know, what that path brings. And right now, very much so, yes, like it's on a fuck the system type shit. And, mm-hmm. and, and not just being, you know, we need to be cerebral about it. We can't just say like, fuck the system, get mad and start like smashing and breaking things. We really need to be cerebral about it and, um, and find a better way. Because if, you know, anytime you see any of the metaphors about it, you know, like uh, I saw something recently where it showed a picture of you know, uh, a, a big fish that was swimming after a bunch of little fish that were just, randomly swimming in a school and then below it it showed the big fish swimming away from all the little fish that formed together to make an even bigger fish that was ready to eat um Mm. the initial one so it's just like we um waking people up to that hive mentality like if we if we can all agree to some certain basic things like yeah we we want to stay individual in terms of like who we are. Um, but we also need to have a little bit of the high mentality towards what we see for ourselves as uh, a population. And that can grow to different levels, whether it's like high mentality for a, a community, a city, a state, because with how, how big the United States is, I've taken a trip around the country and seen how, like diverse and different it is, whether it's geographically, um, you know, resource wise. So, mm-hmm. you know, being able to, um, one, one thing and, um, one thing that I, I would stress is we need more leadership happening in areas of, to where the leader is actually part of the community that's being led. And I know that's part of like what our system has in place, but, um, it's something that we need to put more focus on and give the people who are in, um, those actual communities, uh, to, to have the right type of power to do what's best because for people in New Mexico, they have different needs. They have, you know, different things going on than people in Vermont. So, um, not to say that that's just like the fix all thing, but it's something that I believe in like people that are governing and leading need to be from the area. They need to, you know, be in tune with what's going on. And, um, so all in all, um, that it's uh, leaning towards writing about the system and things like that. That's what's coming out right now. And I'm not, I'm not going to stop it. I agree. You know, we want, we want people that are from the areas they serve, understand the areas they serve. I think that a little bit of anger, as you were saying before, is therapeutic and a good thing to have and a good thing to express. I see nowadays lots of anger and not always resolution. Um, I, I almost feel like, you know, a lot of the, the racism, the judgment, the name calling, 
all that bullshit that people can even run a campaign on, you know, is a lot of anger without solutions. So I'm hearing you want to find the balance of fuck the system, it's corrupt, but listen, this is why it's corrupt, and this is what we're going to do about it. You, you were talking about writing all the time, uh, not to put you on the spot, but has anything kind of like sparked? Have you had any, you know, light spark, anything beautiful you've written lately that you want to shout out or things that you think uh, would be nice to be heard without the music background, just in the spoken word? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I guess um, <laughs> it is put me on the spot because I've never like treated it in a spoken word setting, but right. I guess um, maybe some of the lyrics that like I can pull off and, uh, um, you know, so forgive me if I mess this up a little bit. Um, but, uh, one of, one of my more favorite ones is, um, in our lives, we deal with a lot of bullshit and mix with politicians on a mission to keep you wishing for a better life while they live in the dream. It's a fucked up scene. Sorry for the curse. Um, it's a, it's a messed up groove, big time hustlers on the move. Punking your ass out like what you're gonna do. Debo ain't got nothing to prove. Yeah, see, these the real OGs, the Wall Street gangsters. Been clicked since day one. The crew that doesn't lose. They built the hard knock life, pushing the limits of abuse. They build in billionaire islands with kids up in the nude. But you never see it on the news. We'd all save the children if only we got to choose. Hijacking elections, our freedom up in a noose. Using components of COVID to keep your ass out the booth. To them, we're all just numbers that they don't include. It's all one big party. You ain't invited, my dude. Dude, you got a mic to drop? <laughs> Wait, uh, I got like a pen around here or something. <laughs> Is it not true that they are Wall Street gangsters? I mean, just because you're organized with ultimately the terrible things you do and, and the crimes you commit doesn't make you better any better than the people that are less organized with it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, you know, and mainly for that verse, it's really driving home the, the fact and the unfortunate like realization that, um, <clears throat> you know, life's tough the way it is naturally, but, um, like the line, like, um, uh, politicians on a mission to keep you wishing for a better life while they live in the dream. So it's just like, keep pushing the idea, like the American dreams attainable, like keep pushing for it. Like you'll get there one day while behind the scenes, you know, they're funneling all the money towards their parties and slowly stripping away th the actual dream that, you know, we were supposed to be able to undertake. And, um, and so they keep, pushing that fantasy towards us don't worry keep keep running your your race like you'll get there while they they're actually the ones kicking back you know uh and to that song in the first one uh one of the lines is uh the corporate greedy pirate pigs on the islands of cayman and uh you know so it's these pirates that are just you know, taking taking our money and uh pretty much putting it for themselves and actually living the dream they're the ones that are actually living the dream and uh um you know you you'd mentioned like they're the wall street gangsters like you know the big time hustlers on the move um like um punking your ass out like what you're gonna do 
And I had alluded to that earlier because uh, uh, punking your ass out like what you're going to do. Debo ain't got nothing to prove. And Debo is the um, he's like the big tough guy from the movie uh, Friday with uh, Ice Cube. Mm, right. <laughs> and um, <laughs> got it. Yeah. And so that's what Debo did. Like he would do whatever he want and people it didn't matter what they said or what they wanted to do. It didn't matter. He just like punked them out of the way. And, and, and so that's, you know, and, and he was the ga- the big gangster on the block. So if you look at our government, I spoke earlier about how we've learned about, you know, certain atrocities that have happened all across the board, like, you know, in the nineties and two thousands, and those same things are still going on today. So it's, it's in, it's public knowledge that some of these things are are happening and um, they're still doing it. And even though they're absolutely wrong, they're still doing it. So it's pretty much that scenario to where they're like, yeah, it's wrong that like, I take your bike, I take your chain, but I'm going to do it anyways. And you're not going to stop me. So, um, you know, it, it uh, and then two, uh, some of the following lines, um, like saying that they've been clicked since day one. Uh, like these are the people that built this country and, you know, had the wealth and the power and they built the hard knock life. You know, Jay-Z talking about like, it's a hard knock life for us. You know, minorities and, you know, people of the lower class are living the hard knock life. And, and the truth behind the matter is the government has built the hard knock life. They built it for lower class people to live. And it's a scenario to where they're funneling more and more people. They talk about the middle class disappearing every day, you know, because they want to get more people in that realm. And it's it's harder to rise up uh, when you're down and out. Like if you're, you know, you're down and out, you're you're struggling, you're not in position to maybe do something about something that's wrong. And, uh, you know, so that. Um, that can very well be a mindset that is, you know, being implemented, uh, why, as to why, like the middle class is disappearing. And, um, you know, so it, uh, you know, it's, it's something that I'm very like passionate about and would love, you know, people to join the conversation because, uh, you know, there's a lot of intelligent people and again, the hive mentality the more brains on something, the better. So if, if we can come up with ideas of how to bring about positive change and fight the outside influence that tries to keep everything the way that it is, um, that's a, excuse me, that's a, a goal that uh, I want people to strongly push for. And it, it, it's not going to be easy, but, you know, we should. You're right. I mean, with the the hive mentality, people coming together, we can push change. You know, I think about it when you look at the Constitution or any of the rules or regulations, they weren't made for the ordinary middle class to lower class person. It was always created by the people on the top with the most power and the most control and ultimately the most to win and the most to lose if they don't make it go their way. Um, So what the answer is, uh, I don't know exactly, but uh, like you were saying, 
people need to be educated. I, I think that it works sometimes in the manipulative man's favor to have people less educated because if they're less educated, you can get them emotional, you can get them riled up and ultimately to follow your message without you really understanding the, the end repercussions of the way you're voting or the the mentality that you're prescribing to. So, you know, what I hear a lot, a lot about there is to educate oneself and to take the thought leaders and take the people of the community that really know what's going on and know what they're talking about and follow their lead. Um, dude, I, I've talked about this a few times on the show. You know, I never ultimately like to bring up culture or politics or religion. I'm more here to throw the ball up and see where you hit it. But there's a common theme nowadays that, you know, musicians being riled up, not playing shows, seeing everything that's going on in Rochester and the United, the whole United States. You know, a lot of people are telling me that they want to use their music to, it's almost like, how can you be a musician and have this platform and not say anything? They want to use their music to ultimately lift up a voice and, and make a difference here. So I think it's uh, honorable and noble that, that that's something you're doing and that's something that's on your mind. So hats off for that. Thank you, man. Yeah, it's it's definitely an important thing. And, and um you know, any way we all support in, in the ways that we can, it can't always, you know, um, everybody's got to deal with their own stuff. So my message is support in any way you can, like, even if you can't make it to the front lines, like support any way you can. And, uh, you know, um, I've been afforded the opportunity to, you know, be on stage with, uh, a lot of people's focus on me playing with a, you know, an awesome band uh, that's backing me. So um, if you like what we're doing and you like, you know, what you're hearing and, and the message we're bringing, I, you know, fully encourage you to kind of get on board because you would, you had talked about it, um, uh, the education part and um, you know, it, there would be a, a lot to unwrap in terms of what's going on uh with education but one of the biggest things is people it almost seems with the hard knock life that's been built is they're putting especially minorities into you know inner cities and then they're pulling a lot of the you know cutting budgets and, and pulling mm -hmm. money out of that situation and allowing um allowing people well taking away education and ultimately if you ask me, like if I was running a country and I was in charge of these type of decisions, the best way to build a healthy, strong community is by just starting with education. Education. If you educate and build, you know, mentally strong younger generations and you raise them and they grow properly through um, proper education, you're going to have a healthy country. Because you're going to grow millions of minds and, you know, you never know out of those millions, who, like everybody is going to contribute and we're going to have geniuses come along the way that, you know, invent the, the next wheel, slice the next bread. Like it, some, some things will, great things will come from that. So 
ultimately, like my goal would be start with education, raise uh, a, a very cerebral, conscious, intelligent nation, and the rest will take care of itself. Amen. Amen to that, brother. I'm I'm excited to hear some of these new Roots Glider tracks as they come out, as things trickle down, simmer in, and we get to hear a little bit more. And um, you start playing out. Any any Rochester gems, favorite places you like to play Rochester or throughout the region that, you know, as soon as Roots Collider can get that gig, you're going to be booking there. Oh, I mean, first off, I got to say uh, Flower City Station because Flower City has, has been like, it became a home to me right when um, they opened up. Like they opened up their arms. I started playing. Yeah. Started playing uh, a few shows there. And like I said, it just became my home. So uh, shout out to Flower City Station for, you know, you guys doing what you do. Everybody that's been a part of it. Everybody that works there. You know, Matt Green has been really uh, influential uh, to me. Um, You know, he's one of Rochester's best promoters. And, uh, you know, so thank you to Matt. Like you've done. Uh, a tremendous amount for me uh ultimately like believing in me too that's that's always one of the things that uh means the most and i can tell you know matt you know really genuine guy and uh mm-hmm. you know he pushed that across you so um flower city um you know i would one of my old school favorites like uh, you know dublin was one um hopefully water street um something ends up working out with that because it's kind of, you know, been a bumpy ride for water street anthology. Um, uh, and, uh, photo city played there a bunch of times. Um, and it's, uh, so I've gotten a lot of love from a lot of the venues around the city. And, uh, I just hope that once we kind of come back into the, into the groove of everything, all these venues, they, you know, they start packing the houses, people, mm-hmm. you know, excited to see some music. So that's one thing that as a city, we've always had a tremendous music scene. So once, you know, we can get back into full gear, it'll it'll be great. I have no doubt that we're just going to see, you know, our music scene and all the people that love it just flood these venues and, and uh, you know, really, really make it happen. I'm excited as well. You know, I, I want to see the silver lining, the diamond in the rough. I know that the COVID's something to be taken seriously, but I am super itching for these live venues, anthology being a perfect size for, you know, a thousand people venue where, where you can bring, bring bigger bands in. Um, I know Photo City just remodeled. I've seen some pictures and it looks freaking gorgeous in there. And Flower City's always been, you know, a home away from home with the musicians they bring in, the way they treat the bands, the way they treat every single customer that walks in the door. Um, I'm with you with Water Street. So to my understanding, Water Street was opening back up after, you know, Water Street moved to Funkin' Waffles. They were opening back up as Water Street again. and, And that was like right before COVID. And you know, my heart sinks when I think about that because that's, you know, back and we're talking about 08, 09, when you guys are getting started with Black and Blues and all that. That's when I was really getting into the local scene. And I don't know what my life would have been 
without Water Street Music Hall. And anybody who's been in Rochester over five to ten years, I believe, would say the exact same thing. Um, they did so much for the music scene, man. Uh, heart goes out to them, and I hope I do see them coming back as well. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you, man, because <clears throat> um, oddly enough, uh, when I was going up through grade school, um, you know, I won't lie, like, I, I rode in the car with my dad listening to the oldie station, so uh, his favorite band was the Beatles, my mom's was Led Zeppelin, so, uh, you know, coming from some really good roots, but I hadn't fully escaped, uh, you know, pop culture and, mm-hmm. you know, whatever trl and the radio fed you um (laughs) but then uh hanging out with some you know cool people good friends turning me on to some stuff uh it's one of the most important things that you can do like turn your friends on to good music if you know about it um is back around the same time that you talked about i remember going to um a state radio show and revolution was opening up for them and uh that was at water street and it was my first at that show Oh, wow. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, that was my first time at, um, at water street. And other than a couple like tribute bar shows that I'd seen around, um, Rochester, I was pretty much only going to Dave Matthews band concerts, like mostly at Darien Lake. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, I hadn't really like dove into the scene. And then, yeah, that night was, we were really into revolution. Uh, my buddy uh, Jamie Mesmer, he he had turned uh, me on to them, so we ended up heading out that night. And I remember walking into Water Street for the first time. I noticed on the door that it said "16 and up um, uh, entry." If you're younger than 16, you need uh, parental like supervision. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing that, and I, I'm 22 at the time, so I see that. I go in, I experience the night, and it like you said, it changed my life. Like that night, I remember just looking on stage and being like, yo, this is the coolest vibe thing just uh, seen. This is where I want to be. I absolutely love this. I fell in love right there. And uh, that, um, so it stuck with me seeing the age thing on the door because I was like, (laughs) really, dude? Like I could have been coming here for six years. I like (laughs) let six years slide by. So um, they would have accepted you with open arms the whole time right. too. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, you and you and me, uh, pretty much, kind of right right around the same time, really coming into it, and it's you know changed my life and and put me on the path that I'm on today. So grateful for it. I love it. I love it. Let Let's throw on this other black and blues track. I need money because that that's been on my mind. That's been on my mind too recently. I got no money, and uh, I actually haven't heard this one yet. So I'm excited to hear it. Anything right. to say about I need money? Um, <laughs> so so look because because it holds that vibe. We yeah. do 100. I have I have no qualms um, with I need money because like Bigger Bang is our like you know closing song to the track. So like since you're only doing three, um, definitely go ahead, play. I need money. But if you were willing to throw on bigger bang as well and leave, I need money as the final thought teaser for people to leave. You handle it. You handle it. However you want, it's your show. So whichever, whichever one you want, I'm totally fine. Okay. So yeah. So listen, we're going to play one of these tracks in the outro. 
at the end of the podcast, you know, uh, we're going to say where, where we should find you. I'm going to say bye, and then we're going to have one more song. But you're thinking we should play Bigger Bang right now, and we'll close out with I Need Money. Yeah, like I said, either way is fine. So I trust your ju- I I trust your judgment, man. I I, I wouldn't ask you if if uh, you're the pro, man. You know these songs better than me. I I just feel blessed that you have the opportunity to check them out, listen to them. This Black and Blues uh, EP is brand new, a blast from the past. Let's listen to Bigger Bang by the Black and Blues. <laughs>
You're listening to the Rochester Groovecast podcast. Head over to Facebook, like Rochester Groovecast, and mark our page as C first to keep in touch with everything new. Now, back to the show. Yeah, buddy. Dude, dude. I love I love the scratching in that one as well. Thank you, dude. Tight. Thank you. That was tight, man. That was tight. Dude, sometimes when I'm listening to music when we do, you know, podcasts like this, I end up like speechless. I don't know what to say after I listen to a track. I just kinda wanna keep jiving and listen to the next <laughs> one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely, dude. And I mean that's honestly like the biggest compliment to hear. So um you know, I'm glad you dig it. And, uh, you know, who knows, like, uh, maybe enough people <clears throat> that get their, uh, hands on the music, maybe they'll come knocking on our door and they're like, yo, do something about this. <laughs> yeah. Has a reunion been discussed? Obviously it was discussed to release the album. Is it possible to let you get a reunion going? Oh, I mean, I, I would never put anything out of the realm of possibility. Um, I still, I still talk to, uh, um, Danny, who he's, he's kind of settled on more doing a lot of production, um, rather than, uh, lyrics and he makes a lot of cool tracks and stuff. Um, so, I mean, I couldn't say for sure, you know, it's definitely uh wishful thinking. And if it does happen, then, you know, dope. And, uh, you know, so we'll just keep some fingers crossed. Dude, pun, pun intended. That would be a bigger bang. <laughs> absolutely bringing it back bringing it back hey I, I look forward to everything with roots collider i don't think we shouted out so i know the roots collider has been through a lot of different lineups and a lot of different changes and i, I love when bands are reinventing themselves as they go well, what's the current lineup in roots collider what can we look forward to well it's uh as you know me on vocals will mckenna on guitar ben chilbert on bass and Chris Penny on drums and uh, just solid lineup of, of great musicians. And um, one of my favorite things uh, about this group is that when it comes to writing music, you can be playing a tune that you're building and it's taking shape and you play something a certain way and it, it comes out. And for me, um, you know, maybe people are different, maybe it's similar. I get these like little moments of where I hear maybe something the music should have done or a direction it should have went. And sometimes that could be um, difficult to explain into words. And uh, this group is really good at kind of being like, okay, you know, we'll, uh, you do the best job you can to explain it and you hope they get it. And um, even in moments, like sometimes I say something, it's real easy. They pick it up, we do it, move on to the next thing. Other times, pretty much, I need their help. And I'm like, it's something like this. And they're great at that, like taking an idea and be like, okay, we're not sure if this could be something that, that works, but we'll give it a shot. And then after ironing out a few wrinkles, it's, they start to see what I was you know, initially seeing. And, uh, and I like that a lot about this group. 
We look forward to it. I, I was just thinking, so so your DJ Sigma, we didn't talk about a lot about that, but check out DJ Sigma, everybody, anywhere that you listen to music. Are you MC Sigma now? Has that been a thought? <laughs> is... um, I mean, you know, I, I've kind of, um, you know, a lot of people, they just call me Sigma out on the scene uh, just because they know that side of me. So, I mean, in casual settings, like, you know, people, people will call me Sigma. So I go by Sigma. I don't, I don't have a problem. People call me that. So if I'm in the Roots Collider setting and I'm on stage and, you know, people, people shout at me as Sigma, like that's fine, but not really, um, not really like having a stage name or anything like that. Um, and, uh, yeah, just come in with, you know, some raw dopeness and hoping people are going to like it. And uh, what uh, whatever name sticks would stick. Love it, love it. You can never be too attached to a name. You gotta reinvent yourself at any time, right? Yeah. Couple, just a couple closing questions. I mean, you you've been through a lot. You've reinvented yourself a lot. Been with different groups. Played different instruments. And um, I think you're perfect to ask this question because you did start the music game a little later than some people. So let's say, you know, whether you're a child, a young adult getting started, you know, even today in your 20s, 30s, 40s, no matter what, do you got any advice for someone getting started in music that ultimately will point them in the right direction, whether it, whether it saves them time, gives them inspiration, or just anything you've learned that if you turned back, you'd do it differently, or uh, you'd encourage someone to do it a certain way? Um, I would honestly say, um, my advice to people would be give yourself six months, maybe a year, whatever you kind of like see fit for yourself. But if you're thinking about picking up an instrument, pick it up and just attack it with your own brain and do that. Cause I touched on that earlier, but then one thing that I wish I would have did more of, cause I did a good amount of it, but um, understanding that when you're playing an instrument and you see people on stage that are masters at it, it looks easy. And that's because it actually is easy. It is easy to play any instrument. It's just understanding and getting your body to execute, uh, you know, whatever, um, muscle group you need to, you need to use in order to, um, utilize that function and, and play on a fretboard or drum properly with, with technique is ultimately um, king technique is ultimately king. And for, for me, and I think like a lot of people too, is when you're first starting out, you're using way too much power, way too much power for any type of movement, whether you're hitting the drums, whether you're playing on a fretboard and because people that, that are masters at it, it just looks so nice and easy. And they're basically, it's called economy of motion. They're using the smallest amount of effort to pull something off because that's what makes you fast. It's when you have good, uh, proper economy of motion, then you're ready to move on to the next step. You're ready to do the next thing. So if you're not wasting energy, you could handle everything so much better. And um, so ultimately it would, it would be that like technique is king work on your economy of motion and, um, you know, practice your heart out. 
Good advice. Good advice. With economy of motion, you know, you get in that flow state, you have that muscle memory, it comes easy, but you got to get to that level. I, I hear what you're saying. One, one kind of closing question that I ask every single guest, I love to ask it. The, the, the whole landscape of answers we've received is amazing. That's why it's my favorite question. Um, billboard, side of the road, very busy area, and just for like a thought experiment, all ages are going to see it. All genders are going to see it. All races are going to see it. Religions. Ultimately, you have the control over this billboard, and it's a blessing and a curse because it's like, what do I put up here? This is a billboard on the side of the road, and it's a message to hundreds, if not thousands, if not millions and millions of people of all <laughs> kinds. What was that? Cat? <laughs> it's my cat. Yeah. <laughs> I love I'll, it. I'll hold him up. It's, yeah. His his nickname is Noni, but his his actual name is Osi. I named him after uh, one of the uh, New York Giant defensive uh, ends, and uh, it's funny because Jimmy Grillo like had talked about maybe that would be a topic of conversation, and I was just like, I don't know, the Giants, you know, not this season, and uh, but uh, somehow they came up because of uh, Osi. Um, <laughs> we could we could talk about the bills. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> one of the funniest like stories I have um, from my childhood is that my dad, um, he was a Giants fan. I was born I was born two weeks uh, before they won their first Super Bowl against the Broncos in 1987. So I was like, you know, the glory victory, like good luck baby. And um, mm-hmm. so we beat the the Broncos. Um, Two weeks after I was born, he watched it, just holding me in his arms, like brand new son, you know, beating down the Broncos. Um, and uh, so as I was growing up um, as a little toddler, I couldn't say uh, Buffalo. And he always had a problem with the fact that the Giants, like we're from New York and I understand like Buffalo is the closest. So Rochester um, inherently like takes on uh, Buffalo. But I like to tell people that, I'm not from Buffalo. I'm from New York, mm-hmm. Rochester, New York. So I like the New York team, um, but no hate towards the Buffalo. Um, even though contradictory to that, <laughs> my dad hated seeing the Giants get a good win. And before the internet, you know, this is like in the early nineties, uh, the sports section of the newspaper and the bills would have a bad loss and they'd be on the front page of the sports section. And my dad will want to read about the Giants. They would have a good win but they'd be on like page three, tiny little article. And, you know, so you wouldn't get to read much about the giants. So um, I would, since I couldn't say Buffalo, <laughs> he like taught me to um, call them the toilet bills. <laughs> <laughs> the toilet. <laughs> there you go. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I just, I started, started calling them the toilet bills. But um, like I said, I don't, I, I don't have any problems like with the bills by any means. I mean, the uh, the Giants have been pretty pretty good in the Super Bowl, so I kind of don't hate many teams. So it yeah, is what it is. I don't really I don't like the Raiders, but so I'm a Bronco fan, and so I have no hard feelings. I wasn't even born during that loss, and they had plenty of redemption seasons following it, and some big Super Bowl championships. So I love the Bills because they're local, but I'm a Broncos guy. I come from Colorado. And we, we could talk football a lot, 
but to give you the short freaking version, you've got a freaking billboard on the side of the road. <laughs> you control the content of that billboard. It can be a quote. It can be an image. What are you putting up there and, and why are you putting that up there? Um, yeah, I guess like maybe the, and I, I've, I find myself talking to a lot of people about certain, this specific thing, but I guess it would be number one overall, be considerate. Like that's, that's a big message. Like the message on the billboard, I'd say would be, be considerate, be real. And then, sorry for the curse word, but I got to say it, bleep it out. Fuck the haters. Because starting from the top, if, if you're being considerate, you're thinking about other people. And when you're putting other people before yourself and making sure that, you know, things are cool and, and, and everything's fine and you're looking out for other people that will go a long way for them, for yourself. So be considerate and be, a, which will make you be aware of a lot of things. And, um, you know, whether it's what you're doing, what they're doing. Um, so ultimately be considerate, be real, stay true to who you are, always be real. Um, and then the last one, uh, just so you don't have to keep bleeping it, but F the haters is pretty much tied to the be real uh, because it's hard to be yourself with a lot of judgment that's happening in the world because we all want to be liked, but you're never going to be liked by everybody in this world. Uh, it's, um, it, it's, it's impossible. I'll say that much because I've kind of, um, I've pretty much taken uh, myself and diluted who I am because I was making a concerted effort to try to be liked by everybody. And ultimately like it wasn't healthy. It didn't, it didn't allow me to present the actual me to people and let them interact with me based off of that. Because if I don't give them my real self, then they're not even, you know, fully interacting with me. They're interacting with this person that I think that they want me to be. And that's just not healthy. And, and, I haven't done that my whole life, but I, I fall kind of like into that a little bit just because of wanting to be liked. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's something that I've worked through and, um, and just try to remain true to myself. So that billboard, um, be considerate, be real, F the haters. I love it. Be considerate, be real, fuck the haters. <laughs> I, can I, can I give you a hard time for a second? Oh, absolutely. First off, do you think that in, I mean, I got a green screen, so you can't really see my room, but do you think that in this room I'm in, I've got someone around the corner bleeping every time one of us fucking swears? Because that, that's not happening. And you to give what? you a hard time twice, do you actually think I'm going to go back to the recording and be like, scratch my <laughs> chin, listening for swear words so I could make some like cheesy bleep sound? Dude, listen, well, you- I, eventually i'll be in facebook jail i talk shit about facebook's algorithms all the time eventually they're gonna throw me in facebook jail i'd I'd gladly be a martyr in that scenario but no one cares you can swear as much as you want brother you you've been almost censoring yourself and i i wish i told you not to earlier because we got nothing to hide here right yeah and i guess like in the back of my mind i'm like "Hmm, you know what if because like Actually, I was just on. Um, my so mom went, might be watching, though. I, <laughs> I'm sorry, um, but I actually just uh, a couple of weeks ago took a trip up to the Thousand Islands, 
uh, with my buddy Anthony Lacatina, his girlfriend, me and my girlfriend. And uh, we stayed at Better Farms, which was kind of this, um, you know, plot of land. It was you know, farmland that had like tiny houses and whatnot. Um, and it was an Airbnb. Uh, and staying there, they actually had a radio station, 88.5. And um, so we ended up, <clears throat> they interviewed me on their radio station. Um, and we talked about music and, and Frankie Lyman was a, a big thing. But that was one of their very, um, they were just like, okay, listen, this is like on official broadcast there. So like, <laughs> don't swear. So I was carrying that mentality into this. But now that you say you don't care, fuckity fuck fuck. as long as no one pulls their dick out everything goes well here yeah i mean it's uh uh, if that happens just keep it off of video i mean i actually don't have any pants on right now Uh, you know whether you want to believe that or not that's all up to your imagination Uh, (laughs) but um uh <laughs> I, I joke about it because you can't catch the video. I deleted it. I considered keeping it, but by now it's been months ago. I had kids kids on the basement in the show. We actually re-recorded it. The video doesn't exist, so we re-recorded it kind of offline because we recorded a video live, and it was right when Zoom was kind of putting out announcements that they had been getting hacked a lot and zoom was kind of saying that they're trying to partner with this company and that company there's been a lot of hackings we're going to instate a rule where ultimately you need to have a password so on and so forth long story short we go live we're like 10 minutes in and um ultimately a, a girl comes on so this was back when i would share the Facebook live to the general public because you would have guests here on the zoom call, not the Facebook live, the zoom meeting room. We would have guests here on the zoom call kind of just like to, to mend support and to be here and to like have fun. You know, nowadays I, I try to keep everybody on Facebook just for the organization of it all. But so there is a bunch, a few people on the zoom call watching live And this girl comes in and all you see is she's wearing like a tank top and like a little bit of cleavage. And if if you know the guys from Kids in the Basement, they have fun. They'll play till 2.15 in the freaking morning. They they have a good time. Freaking fucking (laughs) 2.15 in the morning. They have a great time. They're all great dudes. And, you know, people like to to party with them till 2 in the morning. So a girl coming on with a tank top on accidentally showing her cleavage wasn't totally out of the ordinary. You know, I was just like, oh, she's got to adjust her camera. But then she never adjusted her camera. And a few seconds after that, Suddenly, I don't know how they did it. They take over my control as host, and there's a freaking furry. There's like furry porn going on the screen. <laughs> Literally, the 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 group feed is filling with people. Like it's a 100 person maximum. They like fill the participant maximum in like 10 seconds, <laughs> and this is all streaming on Facebook. I have no clue what's happening. So there's actually people that were there for that and saw this happen live. 
and I got rid of it so my account wouldn't get banned. But I, I don't know what started that other than what did start that other than trying to stay out of Facebook jail? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no one pulled their dick out because there was mm. a dick on this stream on Facebook with a furry. This happened. This is completely irrelevant to anything. But I'm very happy that since that day, I added a passcode. If anyone <laughs> wants to know the passcode, it's 585. <laughs> strong <laughs> 585 and it hasn't happened since but dude it's a crazy world out there man i got nothing to close that with other than it's a crazy world out there well you know we it uh you never know when the party's gonna start you always got to be on your toes but uh you know you start ho hosting some of these uh some more of these podcasts late at night you know once once uh the nighttime falls then uh, the freaks come out so you know, careful how late you run these. <laughs> <laughs> I actually used to start them at, uh, so we're, we're live on Facebook. Anyone who's listening to the audio after I used to start the lives at eight 30, I moved it down to seven 30 and everything's just been sunshine and roses since I moved it forward an hour. <laughs> well, see, you know, that little bit of difference because as the moon <laughs> starts coming out, you know, that inner, that inner wild freak in the human genome, whatever it is, it just like wakes up. <laughs> is there, what are the best ways to keep in touch with the Roots Collider and all the new stuff coming out? Um, mainly go to our Facebook page, Roots Collider. Uh, give us a like, um, you know, frequently stop back by our page. Um, even if you're not seeing posts because the algorithms, as a lot of people do know, um, and uh, also rootscollider.com, great ways to uh, stay in touch. Um, you can find me as DJ Sigma on Facebook. Uh, the uh, other group that um, uh, Fistful of Rage, um, you know, turns, uh, apparently there's enough going on to where, you know, maybe we'll have to fill out another segment one day, um, but to quickly, because um, we didn't touch too much on Fistful of Rage, but um, Pat West, is holding an event on October 17th in support of the Black Lives uh, Matter movement. And um, so I think how it's going to go down is there's going to be a number of acts for he's doing the 17th and the 18th. And on the 17th, I'm uh, pretty sure that Fistful of Rage will be having a, uh, a set from 7 to 745. And uh, it's absolutely, you know, uh, meaningful to us to kind of show support, um, you know, and, and in any way we can make people, you know, give them something, the ones that are marching um, and, and holding strong for the message, give them something to feel good about, something to enjoy and provide support towards that movement for a city, for a nation, you know, for the world, whatever, whatever positivity it can bring. So we're going to be doing that on October 17th seven o'clock so anybody that uh does want to come out and march uh march for the movement and then you know in, enjoy what we'll bring to the table um and then as a another side dj sigma note on um on uh october 23rd at the farmhouse brewery in uh, victor i'm going to be throwing down a uh, funky little uh set from seven to nine on october 23rd um, so if you happen to be in that area or just want to come out for, uh, a good time, 
stop out there. Um, and yeah, and, and I can't end this segment without, uh, you know, paying tribute to uh, my girlfriend, Sarah, you know, she's been my rock and supported me through, you know, all the ups and downs that I've gone through. And, you know, I'm just uh, blessed to, you know, have her with me on this journey. And I'm proud of what she's doing because throughout this interview, she's, uh, let me see if I can get this. Uh, she's hard at work. Sorry, I've got some stuff on the table. Yeah. There's Sarah. She's uh, hard at work with her um, jewelry business. Um, we run uh, Hang Loose Creations, which, uh, you know, I got to plug that for her because she works incredibly hard at it and uh, makes incredible jewelry, um, you know, guys and girls. Uh, so if you ever want to stop by, we're Hang Loose Creations on Facebook, Instagram. Um, and, uh, we have a website on Etsy. So if you want to check us out, um, definitely do that. Hangloosecreations.etsy.com. Um, yeah. And if you like what you see or know somebody you want to get a gift for great, great for holiday gifts. So, um, so yes, uh, appreciate, um, you guys for everything. And, um, Sarah, I love you for being you. So I love you, sweetie. Um, and I just want to say thank you to everybody, all my bandmates and everybody that's allowed me the, the chance to play with them musically. Um, you know, it makes my life what it is. Um, and just having people that like what I do are down for what I do. Um, you know, everybody that comes to the shows means a lot for, you know, us to put the time that we do into the music and, and you guys come out and support us across the board. Um, you know, want to say a big thank you to you for, you know, hosting what you host because uh, the Rochester Groovecast, it's, um, you know, it's definitely come a long way. And one thing I wanted to mention, how close are we to the actual, because um, this is your four year anniversary in October. Oh, yeah. Had that, had that come to your mind? That hadn't came to my mind. I'll have to look at the actual date that I released the first episode, but be honest, I might've actually missed it by now. It was in October though. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of, I had, um, uh, come that? across it. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. So, I mean, happy for your anniversary. Dude. <laughs> dude. I didn't even think about that. You know, you know, back in the day, I was just doing a lot of makeshift live recordings. And if anybody wants to listen to episode one, actually put a lot of effort in that one there's lots of live music from rochester in it i'll get the date going um yeah but i appreciate you coming on there's a lot of follow-up that people should do you know again everything that you see here is totally free to the public i love having these conversations i hope sean did too and um ultimately the best thing you can do is complete uh to to, to continue to support local music and artists, check out Hang Loose Creations, check out DJ Sigma, uh, check out, drawing a blank, what's the Rage Against the Machine? The Fistful of Rage. Check out Fistful of Rage, check out Roots Collider, keep in touch with just everything that, that Sean does here, and um, 
you know, I can't say it enough. It's not about me. It's not about Sean. It's about all of us. So if there's people you support, make sure that you're their biggest cheerleader. Make sure that you're at their corner and and lift them up because it, it is a crazy time right now and things are changing by the minute. The best thing we can do is, you know, take the things that make us happy, take the people that are making a, a difference here and lift them up. So yeah, listen, Sean, thanks again for coming on the show. I think this might be, this actually might be one of the longest episodes ever. And I, I appreciate that. It, it, it's the fourth year anniversary episode. We'll call it that. <laughs> All right. Well, dude, my honor, you know, uh, it, uh, absolutely is something that, um, I love doing with you. So, uh, thanks for bringing me out. And, uh, yeah, it, if anything, even though this was one of the longest ones, I feel, you know, there's still some more juice to squeeze. So anytime you want me back on, dude, you know, you're my brother. Just let me know and uh, you know, we'll have some fun conversations again. Thanks again for listening. As we teased earlier, as I wanted to play earlier, but we saved it right for the end, we got one final track by the Black and Blues. This is called I Need Money. We'll talk to you guys soon.
by Saudis. The only capitalist country with currency the color of green. Jackie gas prices up, see how stupid you'll be. Complain a little bit, see the bar from five down to three. But now your rims are still spinning and your beat is still bumping. And I ain't saying she's the gold digger, she is digging for something. Tensions but up, but your tank ain't fed up. So you need money. And little Johnny got a mommy that's addicted to the candy Daddy up in the clink, can't worry about the family When you grow up like this, see, life ain't so daddy Baby mama in the kitchen, tooting up the food stands And crystallized in the method of leaf in the baby Left with the regular institution of a hungry belly regiment He choking the weed, smoke crushed down the sediment Lying to himself, saying money is irrelevant Give me the money like, let's elect the president that's black Darnold to my water's running up, light bulbs coming, my baby mama is up to some, so I, I need money. Lost my job and started robbing, got kids to feeding, well, they like eating and I like drinking and smoking weed, so I, I need money. Hey. Chester Groovecast podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and remember the fee. Share this with a friend and tell them exactly why they should listen. And don't forget to keep it groovy, baby.